Slack your lines and start hacking those sacks, because this episode we're covering the cerebellum, and turns out we ADHDers need all the balancing practice we can get. Kristen is dropping a digestible meat nugget of brain anatomy before leading us through the latest research that shows how a smaller cerebellum affects mental coordination in addition to physical movement, which explains oh so much. We also share activities for strengthening the cerebellum, encourage you to dig up juggling, and read a bird to absolute filth before giving the imitation performance of a lifetime. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them, that's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, if you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather. Weirds of a All right, we are ready to rock. Let's ready? rock. Let's rock today. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD-adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Kristen. I'm your host, Grace. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> should we be saying our last names? I think about that all the time. I don't know. I feel like we should. I'm Kristen Stanhope. I'm Grace Boré. It feels weird. I don't it like it. It does feel weird, yeah. No, I think you get a, you get a great last name, Boré. Beret. I think that's a little like French seasoning that Lily and I add onto our last name that my parents do not. My dad just says Bori. Bori? Well, that's boring. Boring so, Bori. I like Bore. It's Bore. It's always been Bore. Right? It's never been Bori. I think Lily and I have made it Bore. I've never I've never said that your last name was Bori. I say Bori when I'm I've saying called... it to someone and they're trying to like spell it like at the pharmacy. I'll say Bori because it's just easier. I've but I don't like the sound of it. it. Sounds boring and stupid. I think I've called people out when they said boring. I go, it's beret. <laughs> That's not Thank it. Thank you. How do you? I mean, according to my dad, no, it's boring. But like, that sucks. So uh, my whole life. Add a little pepper on there. We've known each other forever. Yeah. I've said beret. He didn't t- tell me that until like high school, I think, where my parents were like, you know that it's like, we say it boring. You made up your own last name. I guess so. I, I remember always. Manifest destiny. Yeah, I just <laughs> created my own reality. So we're going to keep saying Beret, and that's the way it is. And uh. that's how you say my last name. All right. So I am Grace Beret. I'm there. Kristen Stanhope. We said our last names. We did. Look at us. Stanhope's pretty phonetical. Literally exactly how it sounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are our names. Yep, you heard uh, them here first. You, you can Google us. Anyways. Anyway, we can cut that out. Um, What you got for us? I I have a warm-up question before we start our meaty episode. I little disclaimer, I love my pets more than a lot of people love their children. Yeah. But cuz sometimes I do this, so I want to know if you do this. Do you ever try to annoy Lucy so much that she leaves you alone? Yes. Do you do that? I do yes. that with John Ralphie all the time. I pick him up and give him kisses when he's being extra annoying. Yep. So that he'll leave me alone. And it works sometimes. 
it for Lucy, it just makes her like more mouthy. Really, so it just makes her more annoying. Because I'll try to annoy her back, but yeah. there's no winning that game. I know. I'm <laughs> like, it's because it, it's like arguing with the toddler. You yeah. know, it's it's They'll like always it beat you. Makes sense, but I'm like, maybe if I love him so much that he doesn't want to be around me and like pet him and annoy him and tell him he's a good little boy when he's being a monster. Like now he know you know what he learned how to do? Open the fucking cabinets. How? What you know we have to Is put a raccoon? Wooden, I know. We have to put uh wooden spoons on our cabinets so he doesn't open it. Oh like God. through the handles. He's a little rascal. He is a little rascal. He's driving me nuts. I love him. <laughs> I did teach him how to sit like a dog. Aww. Well, Lucy's always driving me nuts. So yeah, I've tried pretty much everything to get her to stop annoying me. And sometimes, yes, I will. If she's like all up in my space, I will then like do it back to her. Right, but now right. she thinks we're As playing. If we were toddlers because Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just like, I feel so your childish level. doing that, but I'm like, maybe he'll shit. leave me alone. And sometimes it does work. And other times he's like, Oh, you want to play? And I'm yeah. like, No, that's the opposite. Yeah, Lucy just takes it as an invitation, and now she thinks we're playing, and now she's going to annoy me even more. So Ah, it's not really a good strategy for her. Yeah. you can keep trying. Yeah, yeah. I will keep trying. Yeah, give Um, it it a best shot. You know, sometimes it works, but most times no. Yeah, (laughs) most times no. Yeah. Um, Should we get into our little accomplishments? Fuck it, let's do it. Let's do it. Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. Grace, yes. what have you accomplished this week? I changed the exterior light bulb on the house to make it a fun, color-changing one for the season. I'm not surprised at all. And when I say the season, I mean it's just going to stay up forever now. Yeah, I, that was my next question. <laughs> take like, it back so down. you're definitely never taking it back down. No, ever. I mean, it can be any color you want it to be. So it could be regular light color. Oh, yeah. If I want it, it won't be, but it could be. But I usually have it on like a fun color-changing scheme. Like, I'll do, a, there's one called Ocean, where it changes, like, from blue to, like, turquoise to green to purple. I like that one. Where do you get these light bulbs? Um, I think I got that at Home Depot or maybe Amazon. Okay. I got cheaper ones another time, and they kind of suck. So, it's worth it to get the more expensive ones. Okay. Uh, they're called, like, Wiz, I think. And they have a app that comes with it, so you can, so I can, like, change it. Right from the couch, I can change okay. my because we have light. one that comes with the remote. Mm. But then it's like sometimes I shut the light off, and sometimes I use the remote to shut the light off. So then it's like a guessing game when you're turning it back on. Like which way do you turn the light on? Mm. <laughs> that sounds like a very minor inconvenience. <laughs> but with this one, you can like set it up so it, when you turn the light on, it'll like come on to a certain color, mm. and then if you turn it off and turn it on again, it'll come on to a different color, Ooh. which is cool. And you can also like adjust. The brightness of it, there's you can make lots of adjustments, which I like about it. Um, but yeah, I was talking to our neighbor the other day, and she made a comment about how we have like the fun glowing colored house because yeah, every light bulb is a different freaking color. Yeah, so like when I get home at night and all the lights are on in the house, I'm like, ooh, it's so pretty and fun. <laughs> I got like my pink light in my office. I got, there's like a purple light in the bathroom, purple light in the hallway. Lots, so, like, of, lots of different colors. Purple light in the bedroom. That's more of like a pink. pink. I guess I like pinks and purples. Blue is what outside. Is Ian like? Ian's fine with whatever. He's not <laughs> a super picky guy. He just kind of lets me go do my thing. As long as there's a light. He's yeah. Good. I mean, he'll go into the living room. I'll come in and he's like watching TV in there just like with no lights on, just in darkness. I'm like, what are you doing? It like upsets me. Turn some lights on. I feel like a mother. A mother. I'm always like, you need to turn these well, lights the TV on. the is the light. 
No, it's depressing. <laughs> it is kind of scary. Well, I and guess it, if you're it, watching like a scary movie. He's not. I'm the one who watches scary movies. Yeah, and even right. then, you have a certain level of light on. And I usually put on like a purple light for that. That's fun. But he's not doing it in like he prefers to be in darkness. He's just like doesn't turn the, he just doesn't think to turn the lights on, I think, because I'm usually the one to do it. So he's just like, he's in there watching TV with whatever light level I have put on previously. <laughs> and I'll come in and turn them on and it doesn't bother him. So it's not like he prefers it dark and I come, on, well, I come in and change it. That's he, a great relationship because you are very picky about your lights. Yes. And he's not at all. And so. that's great that you guys are not picky. Well, he's not picky. He's not picky. You balance each other out. Yeah. Only one of us can be picky. And it's me. I choose me. <laughs> so, he doesn't get an opinion. <laughs> no. His opinion is it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you want is fine. He like He's always like, ooh, these are nice. Mm-hmm. So he's, he likes them. I do have to say we finally got we finally got lamps in our living room instead of using the big Congrats. light. Ugh. I know. Big light. And I like couldn't even stand to be in the living room at night because of the big light. Yeah, it's terrible. And I I was like, no, the big light doesn't bother me that much. The second we got lamps, I'm like in there 24-7. Yep. It's great. I know. That's the thing. If you don't pay attention to light and you think it's not bothering you, it is. You're just not noticing. And it's like all of a sudden I'm just really fussy and I don't right. know why. Right, and you're like, oh, I can't even be in here, so. I get, like, viscerally angry. I think I've talked about this before. When I walk past someone's house and they just, like, have a fluorescent overhead oh, living God. room light. And they're just in there watching TV with, like, an overhead fluorescent light. I'm, like, standing outside in the streets, like, ranting and raving. <laughs> what are you doing? You don't have to live like that. It's like a hospital. I know. I always say I'm going to, like, drop off some nice soft light bulbs on their front step. <laughs> Be like, change your living room light to this. Well, it's that's upsetting. my question. Does anybody like actively go out and buy like the clear white, like not the yes. soft white, but the clear light? Yes. Why? I don't know. They're Why? psychos. I think people don't realize just how much light affects them. And so they'll say it doesn't bother me or I like a bright light to read by, but it's like affecting them and they don't even know it. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> and I know better than they do <laughs> what they like. It's the worst. I agree. Anyways, Kristen, what did you accomplish? I helped start but not finish uh, making a raised bed. All right. Yeah. Good job. We got almost there, um, but then we were losing the light. So, mm. But we have one already, and we've been growing crops. Crops? Yeah, crops. That, that <laughs> makes it sound really serious. No, it's not. We, we, um, we have some tomatoes. Tomatoes that are like overgrowing, and um, all of our bok choy got eaten by slugs, which is mm. great because they didn't eat the tomatoes. So, distraction, distraction bok choy. And I picked some lettuce, but I left one to grow because there was a really big spider living in it, and I was like, "That one's for the spider." Like, yeah. I'm not tackling that. It's her no home. way. Um, so we had one, and then our goal was to get two before. The winter, because Christopher bought all the wood, and now it's been kind of like sitting there because he's had an he's had an injury, but he's recovered. So we are starting the next one. Nice, nice but work. It's a lot of hammering. It's a lot of leveling. Yep, everything's level. I've never leveled anything so much in my life. Well, it's a great leveled. time to start. Yeah, it's 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 so level. Nothing's been more level. But congrats, that's very important in a garden box. Yeah. And so, no, it's going to be great, and we're going to eventually finish it. But we started it, and that's half the battle. There you go. Yeah. Congratulations. So You should be proud of yourself. Yeah, I am. Well, I learned a lot, too. I learned about there's different drills. There's um, yes. 
there's one that's like a regular drill and there's another one I think is called an impactor drill. Oh, Christopher's going to listen to this and be oh. really disappointed in me. But it's like when you want to pre-drill your holes, it like goes like right in. It's crazy. And that was really fun. I felt I felt like invincible. Get a drill in your hand and right? no one can stop you. I felt you. so handy like I could fix anything. You can. I I could try Maybe. for sure. Mm. If it requires a drill, if it, I'm I'm drilling it. You're drilling <laughs> regardless. It was super fun, and I can't wait to make the rest of it. Sweet, there you, there go. you go. You got going. You got the motivation. Yeah. You're inspired. You learned about drills and levels, levels and drills. What levels else do you drills? need to know? Well, that's it. I'm about to join Ian's business. Carpentry. Oh yeah, he'll take you on board. Yep. Oh, she's got drill experience. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Significant drill experience. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I was pumped, and uh, hopefully we finish it before, before winter. You got it. That's our plan. You got it. I've got a couple projects I need to get done before the winter. The winter. Uh, the but that's one of them, so I'm glad we started it. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Are you ready to get into this meat? Yeah. Throw some meat at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's our jingle? It is the meat. It is the meat. It's yeah, not a jingle. Our, it's, uh, it's just us saying it's that. meat. Maybe meat, we should come meat, up. With a well, we keep saying that we need to come jingle. up with jingles. Well, we need an info dump jingle. We need a meat jingle. I I thought it is the meat. I thought that was the jingle. Oh, I didn't consider that a jingle. I just considered it a thing that we say. I feel like maybe we could take your meat handling Peter song and Ooh. turn that into something. We'll have to think on it. Okay, but for now, let's just go with it is the meat. Oh, you know what? I watched a TikTok yesterday that said apparently meat candles. Is is a euphemism for penis? Oh and now no! I'm like, I'm like, oh, my song's ruined. <laughs> Great! <laughs> it was such oh, an innocent it turns song. It weird. Yeah, now it's weird. Uh, uh, I didn't know that was that was a thing. Well, a meat candle. I mean, I feel like there's so many euphemisms for a penis that it's like this you time can't we're avoid actually it all. talking about candles made of meat. Yeah, we're literally so. talking about deer fat candles that Peter made that included meat in them. So let's just pretend yeah. that you didn't learn that and that yep. you didn't say that. I can't unlearn it, but I'm going to try. Well, yeah. Keep, get that out of your brain. It's wipe it clean. Start all quite over. Quite hard. But we do the have meat a candle? meaty episode today. We do. Yeah. We, we're actually talking about something. <laughs> <laughs> and what exactly is that something, Kristen? So we're going to talk about the cerebellum, which is a part of your brain. And and, and this is going to be like a little offshoot of our exercise episode where it, I guess it's like a series of movement, like ADHD movement. So mm. like exercise, cerebellum, and then I have another like ADHD posture thing in the works. Ooh. And as well as like mixing in some hypermobility stuff. But for today, we're going to talk about the cerebellum, why it's important. And I learned so freaking much. So I hope you learned stuff too. I have lots of resources and studies once again, went way too hard with the peer-reviewed journals, but that's okay. I'm excited to learn. Yeah. So first, let's do some quick anatomy. I know we have very smart people who listen to this podcast who are going to be like, that is, we're, we're going to just discuss the brain. I am not a brain specialist. Grace. You're not? No, believe it oh. or not. Oh. Um, that's the thing I'm least special at. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of others. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to do like a quick, Anatomy review, very basic. I know there's going to be people who are like, that's not all. But 
I mean, I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast is going to be like, I can't believe they didn't go in depth into the absolute anatomy of this thing. Like, I think they Maybe. know. They know what the vibe is here. They should. They should. By now, they should know. Yeah. That if you want super technical language, this is not the place not for here. you. You're not going to get it here. Yeah. But we well, are going to talk. And everything's, you know, I peer reviewed studies. I have show notes. I have it's actual like clinical research. But. We're going to make it into an easy digestible little nugget for you today. Meat nugget. Digestible meat nugget. Yeah. Yuck. I thought that was clever. I I didn't like it. Okay. Well, that makes one of us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for some anatomy, we're going to break the brain up into three parts. Part number one is the cerebral cortex. And this is the part we think of the most when we think of a brain. It's got the squiggles. Um, the little the thing on top of your brain, and that's where all your like higher order thinking is done. Your memories, your thoughts, your feels, like the four lobes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you've studied the brain more than I have. Yeah, so I've taken a been... bunch of neuroscience classes, yeah, but I, so... my memory for anatomy is not great. Yeah, I feel like I've learned the same thing over and over and over, and I'm just like, it won't stay in there. But I think I brain anatomy should be really exciting but it isn't for some reason i think because there's no physical thing that you can look at like if Besides you're learning about your brain. arm or whatever yeah. yeah it's not like you can like study and see your own brain right. to like have a concrete gotta, understanding like, of it know that it's there yeah you just like learn about what this thing does but you're not able to witness it so i feel like it doesn't give you an anchor point yeah it is it is but then it's kind of weird because you're like studying the brain and you're thinking about the brain. So your brain's thinking about itself. Yeah. It's kind of very meta. Very meta. Of my brain. Anyway, <laughs> so cerebral cortex, we were just using that for that discussion. Higher Ooh. order thinking, thoughts, feels, emotions, stuff like that. Um, the next thing is the brain stem. This is where your involuntary functions are controlled, like your heart rate, your breathing, your sleep cycles. It sits just above the starting point of your spinal cord when people talk about like your lizard brain that's what they're talking yeah, about lizard, your yeah your lizard your brain stem yeah anything, which i know is not accurate right not accurate but when people say that yeah that's what they they're mean. just yeah meaning yeah. like your all basic the stuff functions, that you're like, not thinking about controlling mm. like when you go for a run and your heart rate increases you're not actively thinking about like i must increase my heart rate now like thank god because we would all die yeah yeah (laughs) if i had to think about like breathing yeah no 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 i'd forget absolutely i'd be be dead for sure so that's what your brain stem does and then the last part we're going to talk about is cerebellum that's like the star of our show today and fun fact it makes the volume of the cerebellum is about 10% of the actual brain, but 75% of the neurons, all neurons located in the brain, are located in the cerebellum. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that wild? That is wild. Yeah, the cerebellum sits near the back of your head. So, you know, that like the occiput for your anatomy nerds out there, it sits right there and controls things like coordination and motor learning, posture, balance, fine motor movements. And coordination with speech, like how your tongue and your mouth and your lips move when you're talking. That's what I learned in PA school. And I think that's what you learned in grad school as well about Hmm. the cerebellum. But it does so much more because we're learning about it. The big key thing is it makes all of your movements smooth and fluid. 
and mm. and it helps you learn these skills that eventually become automatic, like riding a bike, like literally like it's like riding a bike. It's because you have a cerebellum that helps you learn that and never forget it. Mm. These like muscle motor movements. So why is the cerebellum important when it comes to ADHD? Let's look at some studies. So there was a study that took brain MRIs of 152 children, which I know is not the best sample size, but it's better than the, than the next study we're going to talk about. And that study showed that these children with ADHD had overall smaller cerebellar volumes than the control group of neurotypicals. And then a similar study, I think in 2017, was done. Not in 2017. It was in a different day. Um, <laughs> And that measured brain volumes on 23 adults, which is a tiny sample size, mm. but we'll, we'll get over it, with ADHD. And then 20, so 23 adults with ADHD and then 23 adults without ADHD. And they showed the similar results. The brain volumes of the cerebellums were smaller. Hmm. In 2017, um, a study showed that reduced GABA, which is a neurotransmitter, reduced GABA release caused by the deletion of the GIT1 gene in astrocytes in the cerebellum. And astrocytes are these cells that are not neurons. They don't do the electrical impulse. They do other things. But they do release neurotransmitters. And so this study deleted this gene in those cells in the cerebellum in mice, and that caused ADHD-like behaviors, more specifically hyperactivity and impulsivity. How did they measure that? I didn't read the study that much, but interesting. One of the biggest contenders in cerebellar research is this guy named Dr. Schmaman. I'm going to spell Schmaman. And I, I had to Google how to say it, but I, I want to spell it because if you look up cerebellar research, you're going to find this guy's name. Everybody get a pen. Ready? S-C-H-M-A-H-M-A-N-N. Schmaman. 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 That's a good last name. That is a great last name. So this guy has done extensive research. He is the cerebellar guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. His theory is just how the cerebellum is responsible for making motor movements fluid. The cerebellum may also be responsible for making a person's thoughts and emotions more fluid. Mm. He proposes this idea of the universal cerebellar transform, the UCT. That acts as thought, emotion, and behavior equalizer. And those with underdeveloped or lesions or trauma to the cerebellum may have um, something called motor dysmetria, which is a condition that affects one's trajectory, speed, accuracy, curvature, and initiation of motor movements. So basically your motor movements are jerky. Hmm. That's called motor dysmetria. His thought process is that those with underdeveloped or lesions in the cerebellum may have motor dysmetria or cognitive dysmetria. Huh. There's even a syndrome named after him called Schmaman syndrome or cerebellar cognitive affective syndrome, CAS, C-C-A-S. CAS. CAS. <laughs> and those with CAS are people who have had some sort of insult to the cerebellum whether it be stroke, tumor, surgery, trauma, what have you. And they develop problems with either their executive function, linguistic processing, spatial recognition, and or emotional regulation. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So when so, people talk about like 
later in life, like acquired ADHD. Is that kind of what they're talking about? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. So, yes. So you have this, you know, something happens to your brain and Mm. then all of a sudden, and this is, this is a legit thing. Something happens to your brain, specifically in the cerebellum, whether like we can use the example as a stroke. If you have a stroke, Mm. so you have all of a sudden a decreased blood supply to that area of the brain and that area of the brain then dies. Now you have issues with, we'll say, executive dysfunction. Mm. And so that's what they've noticed in people with Schmaman syndrome. Schmaman syndrome. Or CAS. So it could be like, so with ADHD, multiple areas of our brains are affected. And often um, people talk about like having a smaller frontal lobe. Yes. Which is where you have like your executive functions and everything. So. If someone had a stroke to their cerebellum, maybe they have like a totally intact frontal lobe. But if the cerebellum is damaged, then like even though they have those executive functions, they won't be able to be carried out like smoothly. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah. And so that's where we get into what is cognitive dysmetria look like. Uh, that's my next segment. So oh, I wasn't even reading ahead. Yeah, I know. I'm just awesome. really What smart. a transition. Yeah. Yeah. Natural. So, and that's what Dr. Schmaman kind of talks about. He's like, the, you know, we often overlook the implications and the importance of the cerebellum because I know most people are taught, oh, it's only for like motor functions. Mm-hmm. And what we're discovering now is like maybe it's way more important than just motor movements and five motor movements. And maybe it's your your thought process as well. And like your coordination of those thought processes? Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So there's a podcast called Distraction with Dr. Rady and Dr. Hollowell. We've talked about both of them before. They're two leading experts on ADHD. They both have ADHD. Maybe they don't. I know that Dr. Hollowell does. Hollowell does. I don't know about Dr. Rady. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, But they there's a podcast that they call distraction where they're both on it's lovely and they give an example of when you're of this cognitive dysmetria where maybe you're in a conversation and you go off on a tangent and then you can't you don't realize that you're going on a tangent and then you do, you don't even know how to get back hmm. it's very non-fluid yes. it's not uh, smooth yeah. it happens to me quite often yes it does <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're jumping from subject to subject hmm. And there's no clear linear thought process. It might be like way in the back of your head or in in your, you know, that's a bad example. It might be somewhere there's a linear thought or there's a thought process, but it's not very linear. Hmm, Right. It's like your brain is making these connections. Right. But it's hard to follow. Yeah. Because they're these like fringe connections. So kind of like jerky movements. Yes. But with thought. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Maybe you're having a discussion with someone and you have a hyper response to something that they say where you get really upset or angry or no, tearful. can't relate. Never, <laughs> never happens to me. So that's, that's what they're proposing is maybe that this cognitive dysmetria looks like that. So the emotional dysregulation, the distractibility, even to executive dysfunction. Hmm. They theorize by... Stimulating and training the cerebellum, you can reduce the like more problematic traits of ADHD, such as hyperactivity, concentration, difficulty, and impulsivity. Both doctors during this podcast and in the book ADHD 2.0 describe various cases where they have had personal patients with success with balance training. Mm, 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, Dr. Hollowell in ADHD 2.0 talks a lot about doing like balance training. Exactly. And how it's good for your ADHD. Right, That makes right. sense. And this is why, because it's all about the cerebellum, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there are balance programs out there. There's one called the Brain Balance Achievement Center. And then there's also one called the Zing Performance, which I think is more popular right now. And the Zing Performance creates, it, you take like an initial assessment. You can even do it online because I kind of looked into it. You take an initial assessment and they, you know, start a program that's specialized to you of 10-minute exercises twice a day. Some of them might be um, your eye movements, like mm. coordinating your eye movements. Um, some might be, you know, standing on one leg. I don't know. I didn't do it. But... <laughs> Yeah, I know that that is one of the activities that right, you can right. do to work on your cerebellum. Exactly. So that brings me to my next thing. What do we do when we don't want to pay an arm and a leg to do the zing performance? How can we train our cerebellum? One is this might not work for everybody. And it's it's not really I think in ADHD 2.0, they kind of discuss like the zing performance is a really rigorous course. Mm. And it's it's very strict. You know, you have these certain exercises you have to do every single day. And then in a couple of weeks, you get different exercises and you move up from there. You have like a coach and everything. If you're just doing balance exercises on your own, results results may vary. Mm. There's no really data about like just doing like regular balance exercises besides anecdotal evidence from these two guys. And it's not like, like a prescription where if you do this, right. you will get this output. Exactly. Thank you. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But they do have a couple activities that they talk about. Um, one is standing on one leg and with your eyes open and then with your eyes closed for mm. like a minute. I have such bad balance right? when I close my I eyes. I feel like we need to do balance training. I know. I think we should. And also that reminds me that in the future I'm going to do an episode all about the eyes because there are a lot of different eye conditions that come with ADHD and autism. Mm. And I think an aspect of autism and like our coordination challenges is that we use our eyes to like overcompensate for things like that. So with balance, I think my eyes overcompensate for a lot more balance stuff than I realize. And it becomes very quickly apparent when I try to do something like close my eyes while balancing, where I realize how much I was relying on my eyes to like keep me up. Yeah. And it can like put a lot of wear and tear on your eyes and cause a lot of problems. Interesting. So I'm going to do that okay. in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so standing on one leg for like a minute with your eyes open, and then once you master that, you can move on to your eyes closed. Uh, they suggest wobble boards. Mm. Am I saying that? Is it wobble board? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, because you're like wobbling on it, okay. trying to stay balanced. Do you have a wobble board? I do. I don't have like a... Some of them are more curved where it's like much more wobbly. Mine is just like a little bit of a curve, so you. it's more like... I use it to kind of shift back and forth. It's more like I use it like a fidget. Oh. Where it's not like, whoa, I might fall over. But they do make ones that have a pretty intense like C-shaped curve okay. where you do have to like really put effort in to stay balanced um, on it. And I can see those being incredible for working on balance. Yeah, yeah. And the other exercise they recommend is trying to put your socks on without sitting down. <sighs> That's a hard one. I know. I do I try to do that, but it is hard. I wear compression socks and I'm like, I. it is a process to get those bad boys on every morning yeah and then you tip over if you're halfway in them you're going down yeah, hard i'm going down hard maybe i'll start with the little ankle socks yeah start yeah. with a little sock work your way up 
a calf sock and then yeah, who knows um knee highs the other one that they suggested was juggling yes did I've you heard that. didn't you juggle um, were you a juggler? No, I was not a juggler. Don't try to embarrass me. Oh. But I have, I, I think juggled. I talked about it a long time ago on the podcast where I was talking about cerebellum stuff that helps. And I was saying maybe I should try juggling. But I haven't. But I should. Here's my question. But I won't. Maybe. Hacky sack. Is that similar to juggles? Hack. Juggling? E. Sack. Because um, you're, you're kind of. Well, I think the thing with juggling is you're using both of your hands. And so there's something to do with when you're using, and this is another thing I want to look into because I also heard that crocheting is good for this too. It like oh. helps with your anxiety when you're using both of your hands and you're doing like, it's like a cross body type of coordinating. Mm. And I think juggling also incorporates that. But I guess with hacky sack, I mean, hacky sack, you have to balance on one foot while you're hacking and sacking with your foot. I feel like that'd be a great way to learn balance and yeah. coordination. And it'd be fun. So I think they're slightly Let's, different. We get to sack it up. Yeah, Sackadelphia. I think they're <laughs> slightly different in like what is happening in the brain. But I think, if anything, I feel like hacky sack, yeah, would do more of this type of balance work. Right. As opposed to like the coordination of juggling. Well, I think you still have to be coordinated to hacky sack. Yes, obviously. And then I kind of put in some of my own that I think would be helpful. Uh, yoga, mm. I think, because there's a lot of balancing in yoga. Yes. I've also been doing lately a lot of um, bar classes and Pilates, which require Ooh. a lot of balance. Um, and we'll talk about Pilates later because at least the classes I'm doing via the Peloton, we got have a core element and we'll talk about that later. But um, I've been doing a lot of those classes, which require a lot of balance, which I don't have. Um, any sort of dance, but specifically ballet, because there's a lot of mm. balancing in that. But I'm sure other dance dancing have a lot of coordination and stuff. I feel like doing like shuffle dancing would be what a good shuffle one. shuffle dancing? You know, when the people are shuffling their feet around, they're like doing all these little shuffle movements. What? I'll have to show you later. It's not a... Yes, it is. Square dancing? Is that no, what you're talking about? No, it's shuffle dancing. Shuffle dancing? Where their feet, it's like the running man, that type of dancing, oh, where their feet are like moving in a smooth motion, but they're doing all these- But their torsos? Charleston things and moving all their feet around. I don't know. I'm going like, to have to look it up. Yes. It's hard to describe, <laughs> but trust me, it's a thing. I follow this woman who like teaches you how to do shuffle dancing. I tried once and it was is really hard. Is that like the, that's hip hop? That lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fussy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a slack line. Is that what it's called? Yes. Where yeah. You, like, have, I was going to say. Like, all line. the. It's just like a tightrope. Like, barefoot on the. Yeah. Go to marine. any college yeah. mall and you'll see hippie kids doing the slack line. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. And they're always like, instead of going to class, you want to slack line? And I'm like, sir. I am in so much debt. I cannot afford to slackline and skip class. Yeah, but also that does sound better than going to class. It does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that would be incredible for your balance. It's very yeah, hard. It seems very hard. Along those same lines, I think that rock climbing also gives you that similar type of balance. Like they usually have a slackline at rock gyms. I think there's a lot. Of, I mean, any sport causes you to, you know increase your coordination abilities yeah but i do think rock climbing does have that balance element to it yeah, as well you're because balancing when you're on your pinky fingers well you're having to like adjust your body to like when you're stepping onto a hold you're having to like 
adjust your body all the time and be very aware of where your body is in the space to like balance in different very different positions so there is a lot actually of balance involved in rock climbing which i did not understand until i started i'm like oh you can't really just muscle your way through this no. you really have to work on it feels more like yoga slash like dance you know right well and if you see people who are like really good at rock climbing they're not like built they're just yeah they're, lanky. they're tiny usually yeah, yeah. and just yeah because you have to be really aware of your body in the space right right um the other one yoga balls right what, what about the, them the you have to bounce oh. on them oh like the and, big the big blue balls. yeah are those called yoga balls i don't know what are those I, called exercise balls exercise ball. no those are like the really heavy balls not the heavy balls just the yeah big... just like a big inflated ball i yeah. i don't know is it a yoga ball I big would just balls. call it an exercise ball. Exercise. Big balls. You, you gotta, gotta get, know. get yourself balls. a big ball. Get some big, maybe two. You could also do the one that's like a half of a big ball and the other half is like the flat top. Oh, where you, yeah, you yeah, use yeah. Those you where you have to balance, balance on top on of those. That. Yeah, or just try to balance without your feet touching the ground mm. on one of those big balls. That is hard. The one that Dwight has, that gym yes. pops. That's What's exactly that what I was thinking of. Yeah, I guess yoga ball. A yoga ball? But Gracie talks about yoga balls, but they're like little little ball like lacrosse size balls but squishy so i don't know what those should be called but i know there's you a guys name know for, there's a name for it someone's screaming yes, right now they're so mad someone's so upset right now <laughs> i'm sorry i know that feeling I, I do the same thing when i'm listening to podcasts yeah, i'm like it's this <laughs> but how do you not know i know of it and i'm sure i'll like go to bed tonight and i'll be like oh it's this shoot but i'm probably gonna look it up and you're gonna be right yeah so Anyway, preemptively get a big ball maybe a yoga ball big bouncy ball and yeah. try to balance on that yeah um but i wanted i was hoping you know if you know any if you've tried any balance work or if you've tried the zing program or have any experience with balance work in regards to helping your adhd reach out to us at weird as a feather at gmail.com i would love to hear about your experience because i have not heard of any of this until i read the book and then i looked more into it and this is all new information to me, so I'm sharing it with you guys. Mm. Uh, I This stuff about the cerebellum blows my mind that it's like, I don't know, my whole life I've been taught like the cerebellum's only for, you know, fine motor movements and coordination. Mm. And, and it makes sense that it's so much more. Yeah. And it also makes sense why ADHD is so complex because... It's like there's not one specific area. Like right. you can't just point to the frontal lobe and say, and well, like this is there. where the problem is. It's no. like there's so many different areas of the brain on top of like, you know, the chemical aspect of neurotransmitters and everything in the brain, dopamine. There's also, yeah, so many different areas that when put together all play into how ADHD plays out. Right. And a lot of it we don't even know. We just don't know. We don't know how it works. I know. We have like such a little understanding of the brain. It's crazy yeah. how much we don't understand about exactly. the brain. Exactly. It's it's bananas. Such bananas. <laughs> you ready for our bod? Oh, yeah. Well, let's end oh. the episode first, remember? Oh. Got to like right. end it. Well, because I, f- I feel like I have a lot to say about this bod. Okay. But, yes. Well, let's end it. Let's end it. And then, so then we can end it with it. a squawk okay. out, you know, because okay. otherwise we'd have to like jump in and end it and then do more bird calls and like, yeah, yeah, that like would be fade weird. out on the bird yeah, calls. That'd be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. So that, okay. that's it. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. The, the, I thought it was really interesting. I would love to know if you had any experience with balance work. Mm. If you 
are yelling at us about the yoga ball thing. Sorry. If yeah. you have tried the Zing performance or anything, I would love to hear about it. Yeah. And if you have more activities that can work on balance in the cerebellum, yeah. let us know. If there's like a sport you try that you really love, let us know or some sort of hobby. Yeah. I'm also wondering, okay, so we're talking about the cerebellum and mm-hmm. how it plays out in this physical balance, mm-hmm. but it also has to do with like mental smoothness and coordination. Mm-hmm. So are there like, are there brain exercises for the cerebellum as well like i don't know i guess does working on your physical balance that just strengthens the cerebellum and then that in turn strengthens both like the physical coordination and the mental coordination maybe (laughs) that's it sounds right (laughs) it sounds right right. it sounds like it i think it's yeah because what they're saying is uh the cerebellum is underdeveloped in people with adhd Mm. The brain volume in the cerebellum is smaller. So it's Mm. just small. It's not as robust as Mm. a neurotypical. And if we're proposing that an underdeveloped cerebellum is leading to motor dysmetria Mm. or, or, you know, uncoordinated movements, it probably is also leading to cognitive dysmetria. Mm. So by improving your coordination motor-wise, you're increasing maybe the connections and the volume of your cerebellum Mm. and therefore increasing, or I guess it would be decreasing the cognitive dysmetria. Mm. I I think that's what it is. I read quite a bit about it. You would think I'd be more knowledgeable. (laughs) Well, well, I'm just wondering if there's also like cognitive exercises that you can do, like a brain training game to like also I work on like the smoothness. Did of not those read anything about brain training games. It was mostly all about balance work. Okay, well, I but won't, maybe I won't there's one out questions. there. If you know of it, yeah. let us know. Yeah, if you have any additional input on this, we would love to hear it. Yeah. Okay. And that and that's it. That's all I got for you on the cerebellum. Let me know if you liked it. If you hated it. Don't tell me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep it to yourself, Keep it please. to yourself. I can't handle that right now. Yeah. Um, it's very fragile. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Weirds of a Feather. You can join our Facebook group. You can email us at Weirds of a Feather at gmail.com. Give us your cerebellum exercises and your input. Tell us if yoga balls is correct or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We haven't said that in a while. Oh, yeah. And five stars. Our, That's our rule. Yeah. Five stars only. And if you give us a one star, you have to tell us why. Yeah. And be brutally honest yeah, about it. We need to know. Kind of. We love getting our feelings hurt. Yep. But five stars is preferred, please. And if you don't like us, just shut this off and go away. You know, <laughs> like you don't need to tell anyone about it. Just keep it to yourself, please. <laughs> All right. And I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into that. Bod. I want your bod. Nice bod. A lot of people have been sending us birds to do the bod with. And I want to go through every one of them. But then I came across this motherfucker. You are so upset about this bird. I am upset about this bird. It's I don't think it's a real bird. I know there's a whole conspiracy like birds aren't real. I know birds are real, but not this bird. This isn't a real bird. Kristen is being so mean about this looks bird. Looks like a puppet. Doesn't look we're we're talking about the shoe bill stork. That motherfucker. That motherfucker. It does not look like a real bird. It the, its movements are not real cuz it's not it's like a puppet. That's what it looks like. Some sort of like AI generated puppet. I think I think you're real, Shoe Bill Stork, and I support you. I 
it like doesn't look like a real bird. Yeah, it does look pretty freaky, freaky deaky dead. It looks mean and it sounds mean. Yeah, it does sound scary. It it's it looks like a cross between one of those evil birds from the Dark Crystal on Netflix and uh like a those like full-size velociraptor puppets at Universal. You don't get either reference. No, not okay. really. Never mind. But someone will I get can it. imagine a velociraptor puppet. Yeah. And I agree that it does kind of look d- like It looks like that. a puppet. It looks like it's not real. Yeah. It the way does. it moves it's so big. Head. It's big. Yeah, it's got this big dumb face. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's subjective. And and this bill, this bird is known for its big dumb face, aka is its it? bill. Well, that's why it's called a shoe bill because its bill looks like a big old shoe. Yeah, uh, but dumb face feels like well, that's did you an see adjective its face? you added in. Well, <laughs> it's not known for having a dumb face. We don't know that for sure. <laughs> You're right. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. And it's the way I found this. I was watching sometimes Planet Earth puts things on TikTok and I was watching this TikTok and it was so sad because it will lay like two to three eggs and like the dominant chick will push all the other chicks out of the nest. Yeah, lots of birds do and that. Survival this, of the fittest. So and it was just like and so the little baby bird that was pushed out of the nest went to its mom and its mom just like looked at it and was like fuck off and like left it to die. It's so you hold that against the shoebill stork. Yeah. Lots of birds do that, though. Like, that's how nature works. Oh my Lots God. of animals it do that. Like it's not the shoebill I specifically. So you Absolutely. hate them, but you're also sad about the babies being yeah. killed? It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> I guess it doesn't. You think that you would root for the babies being I pushed out of the bird. nest. <laughs> Don't like Is it, it endangered? Yes. Hopefully. Well, now yeah, you're just yeah. spreading mean rumors about it. It's well. The thing is, it's it, is it endangered if it never existed to begin with? That's so true. That's a right? good question. It's not a real bird, so I'm, I'm just asking questions. Yeah, something to think about. <laughs> um, and I want to give a little disclaimer because the other thing that it's known for is is its machine gun like call, and we're gonna play it. It's crazy. It is crazy. So, a little content warning, especially for you Americans out there, you are not being shot at. Yep, it's this okay. is a bird sound. But it sounds like a gun, and I just want to make that clear because sometimes Americans live, have a PTSD-like reaction we, to any America's gun noise. Problem, and yeah. it's scary, and it's scary. But maybe, but you know, for other people too who have PTSD-like symptoms. So I just want to say, if you if you don't want to hear like a bird sound that sounds like a gun, you can just shut it off right now. Yeah, go outside, we, listen to go, yeah, normal listen birds. To some, yeah, listen to other birds that aren't scary and dumb and are actual puppets and not actual birds. All right, so if this bird isn't real and it's just puppets, mm-hmm. you cried over a puppet show. <laughs> it was really moving. Right? Yeah, I really did. Yeah, I guess so. It doesn't look like a real bird. So you cried about a puppet show. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Well, it was, it was sad. All right, I'm going to play this fucking... All right. There's this... no way we're going to be able to recreate this noise. I know we can't recreate any bird calls, but especially this one. So get ready for that. Yeah, and this is the least, this was the least gun sounding one we found. Yes, the first one the we did. The first one we might have to You and I like play. legitimately ducked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that coming from? <laughs> I know, we might have to play it, but it's also very scary and abrasive. So. Yeah.
I hate that. I hate it. I jump every time. It's so scary. It's so scary. To be fair, he's like, to be fair, he's in a warehouse. And like I an, think it's well, like echoing. It's like very echoey. But it's still 100% so- sounds like a machine gun. Yes, it does. And and the way they make it, they're quacking their bill together. It's Mm. not even like a vocal call. It's just like quacking their big, dumb bill. Yeah, because their bills are like so So hard. big and dumb. Yeah. So if he's not making the sound with his vocal cords, how could we ever imitate this? I need like a pair of clackers. Do your best. It also sounds like a horse at some point. I I, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. That was good. Good stuff. Great radio. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. try it. This you is... try it at home. It's hard. <laughs> People's ears are bleeding. Yeah, sorry. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.